0: You're listening to Her Body
1: IOFM with your hosts, Alex Navarro and Andrea
2: Jangle. The women's source for optimal health and lifelong performance.
0: Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Her Body brought to you by Body IOFM. With your hosts, AJ—that's me—and Alex Navarro. Hi, everyone. Hi, Alex. How's it going today?
2: It's a beautiful day in the Bay. No complaints.
0: <laughs> and it—it's snowing in outside of Toronto here. See, <laughs> we're always polar opposites, we right? Are. I'm
2: actually in a, in a summer dress right now, if you can believe it. <laughs> Not to uh, rub it in or anything.
0: And what about uh, our guest today, Sarah Fregoso, which I know a lot of our listeners are familiar with. She's been on uh, Body.io FM before and just recently uh, on a podcast uh, that Jim Laird uh, hosted with her um, and her latest book, one of many books, The JASA Method. Uh, Sarah, why don't you say hi and tell us a little bit about yourself. And Are you wearing a dress today too?
1: No, I'm at my gym right now. So I've got my tank top and my little gym clothes on. So I have clients right after this. So I wish I was in a dress and about to go do something fun. Actually, that would be awesome. But um, it is beautiful and sunny here. And I, I, we were just talking before, Alex and I, that it's great that it's so nice in California right now, in Northern California, especially because this time of the year, it's pretty chilly usually. But we're in a major drought. So it's hard to celebrate the sun when we need rain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm at least Grateful for the extra dose of vitamin D. So I'm trying to look at it that way. There you go. Yeah. So yeah, But for those of you who uh, don't know who I am, I started a blog called Everyday Paleo. Oh, my gosh. Going on seven years here pretty soon. And I'm a strength and conditioning coach. And I started coaching at NorCal Strength and Conditioning and now own my own gym in Chico, California with my husband, JS Strength and Conditioning. And I do a podcast with my business partner, Jason Seib. And which is called Paleo Lifestyle and Fitness, and um, we have an online fitness site called JossaFit.com. And I'm an author of several books in the nutrition and fitness realm. Um, all of them start with Everyday Paleo, so they're <laughs> easy to find. And then, yeah, my recent book, Jossa Method, which I co-wrote with Jason. And you know, I'm I've not always been this glowing picture of health, and I still definitely have my own struggles. In that arena, because I've not always been a really healthy, fit person. And so that's kind of what got me into the whole health and fitness world is when I I took action and turned my own life around. And um, so now I'm just trying to share what I've learned with others and help people live their best life possible, which I know is such a cliche saying, but I love it anyway, (laughs) because that's what we all want to do is live our best life. And um, more importantly than all of that, I'm a mom. I've got three kids and I'm married to an awesome guy named John Fergoso. And I homeschool my two youngest. So really like the majority of my world is like being a parent, which is all, you know, all consuming for those of you who have kids know that. So that's me in a nutshell. That oh, was a great nutshell. you homeschool your
0: kids. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> It really was. There's a lot going on and and just the homeschooling on top of all that. I'm just sitting here going, wow. Have you homeschooled them the whole time?
1: No, I have not. So my oldest son is a freshman in college this year, and I did not homeschool him at all. And my two younger boys are 11 and 7, and this is our third year homeschooling. And, you know, I see (laughs) – I'll visit other, you know, homeschool blogs and Facebook pages, And I look at these women who are like so together and organized and everything just looks like they know exactly what they're doing. And I'm like, whatever. I don't believe it. It's all (laughs) facade because it's crazy. It is. And I am the first to admit that my house is always dirty and there's always dishes in my sink. And I never know where anything is. And my life is hectic, but I wouldn't change it. I mean, just what I know now about you know what my kids need and education, and and not that sending your school kids to school is a bad horrible thing, but because I can I can do this and make this choice, it's just been um, really awesome. And you know that could be a whole other podcast about homeschooling, but yeah, it's it's great.
0: I think, I think what you kind of touched on there is it's a trade-off, right? So like what you're kind of saying is for you, the benefit of homeschooling your kids, um, you know, might mean that there's dishes in the sink and, you know, you don't have that downtime to clean during the day or whatever, but it's a trade-off. And I, you know, in my experience, it seems that like absolutely everything in life, there's always a trade-off no matter what. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe, I don't know, we can like segue into something here, but I find that that's really hard for women to expect accept sometimes sometimes we want to take on all the other's things but we're not willing to let that trade-off happen and that's when we just start piling on way too many things on our plate right. and it might be as simple as hey the dishes you know the kitchen doesn't look perfect every single day that's the trade-off right. to whatever i'm taking on so what's your experience with that i know uh you've made some comments that really Resonated with me on uh, the last BodyIO uh, FM podcast, which was about the feminist movement. So, yeah. why don't you why don't you talk about that a little bit? <laughs> I was so scared to even say that, and I've, I've said it a couple times before because you know people
1: get so just up in arms about you know they they look at it more like I'm trying to take away women's rights when I say you know oh God the feminist movement is to blame for how wrecked women are today, <laughs> but I, I'm really just looking at it more from just like a, a that 30,000 foot view, like the perspective of all of it, not like, oh, this is bad that we can vote and that we can go to work. <laughs> like, that's not <laughs> what I mean. Because I am a total career woman. I mean, I own multiple businesses and I you know, travel the world to promote myself and I work really stinking hard. But I also wrecked myself in the process of all of that, too. Even after I gained my health back, I went way too hard thinking I was superwoman, Mm -hmm. and I'm not. And when I, I mean, oh, this is what happened because of the feminist movement. I mean, if you look back even 100 years ago, we stayed at home and took care of our kids, and that was you know, predominantly our job, and not for every woman, but that was pretty much how it played out. And... And now we can choose to do that or choose not to do that, but when we choose to do both, especially you know as parents, it really is more than I think we should be able to handle. I mean, uh, parenting is a full-time job, and if someone out there wants to argue with me about that, that's fine, but it's true. You don't have you don't clock out at night. You just don't. And I remember when my oldest son was born, he's 19 now. And it was like day three and I hadn't slept. And I was re- really young. I was only 18 when he was born. And I remember calling my mom saying, mom, when am I ever going to sleep again? And she said, well, she laughed. She said, well, here's the thing. By the time your child actually sleeps through the night, they're old enough to go out with your friends. And then you're going to be up all night worried about them. And <laughs> crap. She was totally right. <laughs> she was totally right. So, I mean, you know, our sleep is compromised and- we're trying to make sure that the home front is taken care of because women have this innate nurturing quality about them, even though like my husband is incredibly helpful and we share responsibilities at home because, you know, he and I both work about the same outside of the house. I mean, he actually does work more than I do outside of the house, but, you know, I feel like I'm at the gym about the same amount of time and we totally share everything, but I still have Whatever this you know estrogenic drive is to make sure that like everything is how it should be at my house, and if it's not, then I feel guilt and i work I'm working on that because I'm you know trying to share that with other people too that it does have to be this balance of, oh well, if it's still a mess tonight because there's always tomorrow, you need to sleep and take care of yourself. So you know, I think as women we just demand so much of ourselves and try to do everything that we forget that really what life is about is laughing and being joyful and being healthy and loving and eating amazing food and Mm -hmm. moving our bodies the way we're supposed to move them and not just be all consumed in stress all the time. So trying to figure out what that
0: looks like is really challenging. So that was my whole point with the whole feminist movement thing. (laughs) (laughs) I love that point. And, And just to play off of that, is there like something right now that you're using as a method or just a strategy to help yourself? Um, just set those boundaries. Like have you, you know, you said that you're trying to, you're still working on this every day. And I think that that's so important because I think a lot of women think, You know, that we think we have it figured out or something. It's like, no, no, it's an everyday process. Every day I get up and I say, I'm you know, I'm not gonna say yes to everything that gets thrown in front of me today or whatever that tactic might be. So is there anything that you find that's helping you right now a a good skill?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the one hundred percent and I still work on this too, like we just said, I'm still trying to be consistent with this. But since I've started meditating, I have been able to be so much more conscious of my decision-making, which I know sounds crazy, but there's science behind all of this. But just taking even five minutes to just close my eyes and focus on my breathing every day helps me when I'm in the middle of 12,000 things. And like you said, something gets thrown at you. And instead of just saying yes to it, I feel like I have the ability now to really focus on what's important rather than trying to conquer the world. And um, I always whenever I, you know, I lost my mom 10 years ago to cancer and it was way too soon. And I reflect on that all the time. And whenever I feel like I'm on the edge of what I can manage and what I can handle, I just stop for a second and I think, okay, when I'm dying, when I'm on my deathbed, what do I want to reflect on? What do I want to think about? Do I want to think about When my son was seven and I don't remember most of the year because I was so burnt out trying to conquer the world that I never actually conquered, or do I want to look back and remember when I said, no, I can't attend that conference, and the awesome time I had in the backyard with my kids picking dandelions and bonding with them and hearing their laughter. So that really helps me, and I know it's kind of dark, like I don't want to think about when I die, but okay, reality check. We're all going to, and I think what we want, because I've been with people when they're dying. You reflect on the people that you love and the time that you spent with those people that mattered most to you, not on the businesses that you opened or how far you moved up the corporate ladder. You just don't. So, you know, I really try to keep big picture all the time. And that's yeah. the only thing that can keep me grounded. So breathing and reflecting every day on what's really important. And it doesn't mean that I'm not driven and that I don't overdo it sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> but it definitely means that I help keep myself in check because, you know, the things that are important are just
0: right in front of me right now. Right. And keeping grounded is, is exactly that. I relate to that because I, you know, when I take that step back and just kind of it's almost like you put everything just kind of in slow motion or at least not in, in fast motion for a minute right. and just step back and go, okay, like, is, does this really change the big picture? Is this really matter? Like, right. you know, I've never been to a funeral where someone talked about a woman whose kitchen was always clean. That's not what they're sitting around <laughs> remembering, right? No, exactly. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and, and I mean, you must experience this, you know, what I really like about what you do is that you're working with women every single day and, um, one thing you mentioned in the previous podcast was that, you know, sometimes you're sitting down with these women for over an hour um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: just to see kind of where their mindset is at and, you know, if they're ready. And we do that a lot with our assessment process. And, you know, what are maybe some red flags that you're seeing and and, and how do you bring attention to that and address that with some uh, potential clients?
1: Oh, man, there are there are quite a few red flags that I see. And I think probably the biggest one is – Oh, I'm trying, I'm like clicking through all my clients I've had over the years. (laughs) Some of the biggest red flags for me are when women come in overly obsessed with changing how their body looks, when I can just see in their eyes, just like the emotional and sometimes physical pain that they're in, um, that's related to, you know, health issues or, um, stress or marital problems or relationship problems or issues with their kids or other things that need to be addressed first before we can even start to think about changing body composition because that's like what happens later. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. I can't, I, I definitely like the bearer of bad news to most women who come in and they say, I want to lose X amount of pounds or I want to tone. I love that word, tone up my thighs. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And (laughs) I'm like, awesome. How much do you sleep at night? Oh, four hours a night. And I work out 12 hours a day. (laughs) I'm exaggerating here, but you know, and I'm not seeing any results. What should I do? So that's always a red flag where like, I'm the 80,000 thing, 80,000 thing that they've tried that year to look thin. And, and I'm, what I see instead of is someone who's just really in need of help from like the inside out. And so that's usually where I start. And then probably the other red flag is when The 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 immediate focus, and I I'll use the word neurosis, is on food. Like it's just, they want me to tell them exactly what to eat and when to eat it Mm -hmm. and how much of it and at what what time. It's just you know this kind of obsessive compulsive desire to know exactly what food is going to fix them right now. And again, you know, I take this uh, multi tiered approach where it's like you can't just focus on one thing. So. Getting people to wrap their head around that is really, well, it's different, it's new. I mean, most trainers that these women have gone to in the past will put them on, you know, caloric... uh, Uh, Sorry, I got distracted. Uh, Just so you ladies know, a really good-looking man and a nice motorcycle just pulled up in front of my gym. I can hear it. That's where my focus went. That doesn't happen every day.
0: I don't blame you. We're not on video. I know. know. (laughs)
1: Sorry, guys. I have to explain that distraction. I know you have mainly female listeners, so you would understand why I lost my train of thought there. I'm like, what's going on? So anyway, back to what I was saying. So you know, they usually see a trainer who has put them on this real, you know, calorie restrictive diet. And they're overexercising, and they've already lost 20 pounds, and then they've gained it back because that didn't work. So, and then they gained back more. So, you know, those are kind of like the predominant red flags that I see when I first sit down with my clients.
0: Yeah, we see a lot of those same things, uh, but unfortunately, in our world, which is online coaching, right. um, we don't really get that one-on-one in-person interaction. We do, we do a call. Um, which always gives me a a much better sense of where that person's at. But yes, you don't see that person just walking, watching someone walk into a room uh, Mm -hmm. from when I used to train clients would like that first impression would always stick with me. And you know what, when I would even get to know them better. And, you know, I sometimes they try to convince you that maybe they're not as bad off as they you think they might be. Right. your first impression of what, what you perceive when they walk in that door was always the most accurate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Agreed. and it's, it's really challenging to, you know, work online and, and not see that. And, um, I, I kind of sometimes wish that I still get to work with people one-on-one in the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. And then, yeah. And then, and then when you watch them move, right. So you must yep. take on clients who you, Tell me if this ever happens to you. Where you think they're going to be able to move pretty well, and then once you get them into the gym, it's like everything's locked up. They oh, yeah. you can't do anything, and so yeah. <laughs> what, what do you do with those kind of clients? And I'm sure those people come from a scenario where they're actually training a lot already. Um, oh, absolutely,
1: that- absolutely. Or they haven't. It's both. Either they've been training a lot, or they haven't been training at all. So I, I kind of feel like I get both ends of the spectrum. It's hardly ever that it's just someone right in the middle. Right. <laughs> kind of been doing things right. Like they, you don't come to me if you've kind of been doing things right. So it's, it's one way or the other. And we do a really thorough assessment when people come in. So we look at, you know, everything from ankle mobility to shoulder mobility and everything in between. And, you know, when I show people how imbalanced they are, and usually how much they lack in their core, core strength the glute strength and how that's causing so much tightness in other areas. It's kind of mind-boggling to folks where they think, you know, if they have been moving a lot that they're doing things correctly, but then we start talking about, you know, injuries and aches and pains and they've never really been well. They've never really been... Mm-hmm. Okay or or they don't really even understand what recovery looks like because they're constantly in this state of duress when it comes to their physical state. So, you know, I really start with teaching people how to breathe. I mean, that's really where it all begins is you know, how do you breathe? Are you even do you even know what you're doing? Are you even conscious of your breath? Because we're always in this state right. <laughs> of panic <laughs> where we're breathing from our chest. And you know, that doesn't even allow anything to happen with our core to even begin to move properly. So And that really plays into the psychology of all of it, too. You know, I mean, people who aren't even focused on, you know, how they're moving from one moment to moment throughout the day, they are in this constant state of fight or flight. So, I mean, it's where we start with them physically and where we start with them mentally is just showing people how to breathe. And I know that's not very exciting when you think of going to train with Sarah Fergoso in her gym. Oh my God, (laughs) she's going to teach me how to breathe. Awesome. But um, that doesn't mean I don't have women who are beasts because you all have to start where you're at, you know? Right. And you have to start right where you are. And most people don't do that when it comes to diet or exercise.
2: Very true. And I think for me, too, like what you said on connecting with your breath and kind of starting things off at that point, it's great for somebody mm-hmm. who has had a really stressful day. You know, they do have a right. lot of things on their mind and it might not you know, a lot of women, they go to exercise as their stress relief, like it's their time to let let everything mm-hmm. go. And sometimes it could be just as simple as taking those few minutes to breathe and allowing that time to recenter yourself, you know, bring your awareness back, reconnect with your body could right. perhaps give them more relief mm-hmm. and relaxation than any of the workout proceeding, the breathing at the beginning can do.
1: Right. And just trying to teach women too, that although yes, exercise can help with stress management. It should not be your only source of stress management because, you know, as we all know, exercise can also cause stress and it does cause stress. Every time you work out, it's stress on your body and it it can be obviously really positive and good. But if that's the only thing you're doing to relieve stress, it's going to come back and bite you in the butt at some point. So finding that, you know, that other thing that helps you reach a, a level of calm and, um, you know, which I, which is why I bring it meditation. But, you know, I even try and tell yeah. my clients to like figure out something that actually really makes you happy. Like, mm-hmm. I, and I often have people who just sit and wonder for a while, like, what did I, what if I, what do I do that just brings me joy? You know, like, do I, like, do you go out dancing with your husband? Like, have you taken a knitting class? Like what floats your boat? And we just don't focus that on that anymore. And women tend to feel guilty when they do something that's just pleasurable that we just do it because and you know I I'll talk to ladies and myself included I used to be this way I love to read and I remember a few years back I I realized it had been like 2 years since I had read a book that just was something that brought me joy and I'm like what am I doing and this is ridiculous mm-hmm. carve out time just to have just something that's mindless and fun and has nothing to do with, you know, your success. <laughs> right. Because that's a really it's a really good thing and you'll be more successful in the long run. So,
2: right, and it doesn't have to be something that takes a long time either. No. And I think that's something no. that when you're thinking about your schedule and where am I going to be able to fit this in? It doesn't have to be like a day's activity or several hours even. It could be just five 10 minutes where you're either sitting with yourself or going on a nice walk Um, actually one of my Mm -hmm. favorite things to do is go on a swing set and swing it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be long but something about just swinging the wind in my hair and just feeling like a kid is very soothing and relaxing for me it's one of my favorite things to do
0: love it Yeah, that's a, that's a great uh, point to work off of. Like if, you know, when you're asking that client, what do you like to do? What brings you joy? And they can't come up with something that that's always something that I like to say is like, think of when you're a kid, what do you like to do? Do you like Mm -hmm. to ride a bike? Do you like to, like you said, go on a swing? Start from there. Maybe you like to put together Lego, go buy yourself some Lego, Mm -hmm. sit around on a Tuesday (laughs) night and, you know, have a cup of tea and put together a Lego set.
1: (laughs) Totally. And for those people who have kids, I think we forget that it's totally okay and acceptable and that it's really good for your children to actually act like a kid and just play with them and just Mm -hmm. be goofy and start your day out that way with your kids, you know, and instead of cracking the whip as soon as they get up in the morning, be a big dork and dance around the house and get them laughing and moving and they'll still get ready because you'll still be pushing them along in the right direction but just let go a little bit. And it feels so good just to laugh with your kids rather than constantly trying to, you know, get them to go on to the next thing and then get out the door for the next, you know, sports thing and then back Mm -hmm. in and time for dinner and to have fun with all of that instead of even just setting aside time. Because I know you read online, like make sure you spend at least 15 minutes of quality time with your children every day. And we all have more than that with our kids, but you can make the, the time when you have to get stuff done, still joyful and fun. And it makes it so much easier. And you're laughing. And mm-hmm. laughter is so good for the soul and for the spirit. And you know, I do that, uh, again, something I work on too, instead of stressing out about, oh my gosh, this needs to get done with my kids. How am I going to do this? I just try to make it fun. And then they're more likely to to go along with it also. So like you said, it doesn't have to be something you even plan. Just mm-hmm. make it part of your life.
2: Well, and then you're teaching them habits like that as well which I think is really important because that's something that when I think back to when I was young I I remember just seeing my mom stressed out all the time and not managing Uh it well and for me luckily I I took it as okay I need to do the opposite of that because Mm -hmm. she's clearly not happy you know she's always worrying about something or she's always running running around and trying us to get us to go and you know be on time and get things done and it was very hectic all the time. And for me, luckily, I saw that as, okay, I need to find a different approach. But I just wonder back if, if she had been a little different or been able to manage her own stress differently, what that would have looked like.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I know I have similar memories of my, my mom, too, who is a wonderful, amazing mom, but she had so much stress that she did not manage. And that's, Really, a poignant memory for me, too, looking back, so it's motivating you know mm-hmm. I think that's that's the thing about parenting and just being human is we take the good and the bad, hopefully from you know the habits from our own parents and try to make those changes in our lives and that's what I want for my own kids too is to <laughs> hopefully take all the great parts of who we are and then become their own good humans when they grow up and able to you know take care of themselves. That's the most important thing
2: mm-hmm.
0: awesome, so. Our, our podcast is only half an hour long, and uh, we have about five minutes left. So what I thought might be um, a good way to end off this short time with you, and we'd love to have you back on the show for, you know, another topic. For sure. we I'd love to know about, you know, just your training schedule. We don't need to get into all the details, but okay. I think a lot of women really, like, they realistically want to know, like, how do you... Um, have, you know, your lifestyle the way it is, how much do you energy have you put into exercise? What does that kind of look like? And, you know, I think a lot of people will be amazed at how attainable that is because it's probably, I'm going to guess, a lot less than what people would, would first expect.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. I am such a minimalist these days. And uh, it's really how I encourage most of my clients to be. And I am under a bit of stress right now. We've got several projects going on. And so I usually taper down my training when I know that my body is already taxed because of other things that I've got going on. So right now, I'm literally, I'm in the gym quite a bit with clients, but I'm literally only training two to three times a week. So um, that, and that's not always like that. Sometimes when things are mellow and the kids are not, you know, I'm, they're on summer break and we're not focused on school throughout the year at home, I'll, you know, move that up to a lookout a whole four days a week sometimes. <laughs> but that's but that's not four days of like high intensity interval training. That's like an upper body, you know, lower body split on one day. And then like I'll do a bunch of glute stuff on one day and then end it with like some arm stuff. And then maybe on the third day I'll do some sprints and then focus on a lift that I've really been wanting to work on, like my deadlift. And that's kind of what my two to three days look like right now. And I'm, I'm not ever, you know, like I said, doing like these long drawn out 30, 40, 40 minute circuits where I'm just huffing and puffing the entire time. But I do always keep in some sort of little short burst of intensity. So, you know, I'll do some row sprints or I'll finish my heavy lift rota- rotation with like some kettlebell swings and some battle rope, which looks like about four minutes of work. So um, that's, it's really easy to fit in because I don't, overdo it and it, it kind of slides into my schedule naturally and how it needs to. So um, if I have a night where I don't sleep very well or if I'm feeling a little under the weather, I don't go power it out in the gym anyway. I say, you know what, I'm going to take today to rest and I'll get back in the gym tomorrow if I need to. And It's amazing because how I used to think is if I ever skipped a workout all my muscle would just fall off my body. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, think, I think we all yep. thought that at one point or another.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. And it's crazy. I mean, we were in Thailand in February and we worked out one time because we kind of had to, because we were at a gym that we we were on a retreat that we trained our clients at that were there. And so then we, we did a little workout with them at the end. And besides that, we played and we walked and we you know swam in the ocean and we were active, but I wasn't like, today is leg day. I'm working out today. It was very much just a relaxed, fun three weeks in Thailand. And I came home and guess what? I still was just as strong as I was before I left.
0: <laughs> Sometimes even stronger, right? Sometimes when Even stronger, I, right. It's so day crazy too. how many times I've like been fighting a plateau and you take a little three day holiday and you come back and you just nail it. <laughs> exactly.
1: So, yeah. you know, I'm especially now, I don't even want to say how old I am as I approach an age that shall not be named. I'm like, you know what? I'm not trying to set records. I just want to look and feel and perform how um, how I am right now, moving forward. And I just want to feel good. And you know, and it's when you have that perspective of just health and feeling great. It's amazing how all the other things fall into place. You know, Mm -hmm. and when I'm not worried about my jeans fitting or whatever, I just I just want to feel great. And that's what my family wants. They want me to feel great. And you know, my kids don't care if my jeans are one size too small. I mean, they're like, <laughs> mom's happy. Yay. Life is good. You know? So that's really the perspective I try to instill in my clients too, is let's figure out the, the bare minimum that you can do to still feel good and manage your
0: stress and manage your life. Yeah. Cause if not, you're just always going to be chasing your tail. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's a very, I love how it's just like a very balanced approach. And I, just what you said about like the auto regulation with volume based on the stress that's going in your life. That's mm-hmm. so important. I hope every woman listening to this is going to walk away with that information and apply it to their life. Um, because let's face it, if uh, if grandma's in the hospital sick, your training schedule is not going to look the way it did when she was healthy at home. Right. Um, that's just the way it is. hmm. Very um, true. So we're at the end of this episode of Her Body, and I want to thank you so much for being a guest. Um, to anyone that's listening, um, we'll put links to all of Sarah's work in the show notes so you can um, find her there. And Sarah, is there anything else that you'd like to say to the listeners? Um, you know, I think just make yourself a priority because
1: we only have this one life. So make sure that if you your head's not screwed on straight and you feel like you're going crazy, it's because you probably are. So take a few deep breaths and decide to do things for you. And that's not being selfish because unless we're selfish, we can't take care of the people that count on us. So Great I think too. that's my final message. And thank you guys so much for having me on. I really thank appreciate you. it.
0: Thank that's you. an awesome message. And thanks, everyone. And we will be back uh, two weeks from now with another episode of Her Body. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Been listening to her Body IOFM with your hosts Alex Navarro and Andrea Jengle. If you'd like to hear more,
1: log on to Body.io. We'll be back next time with more information about women's health and performance.